Yo, yo, welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Andy, but joined as always by my fearless cohort, the dude. Dude, are we number one? Here we go. AKA the dude. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, folks. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know, you're everyone's favorite dude. Do you say number one or numero uno? Uh, it depends on how I'm feeling. Numero uno would definitely fit better with the El Duderino uh <laughs> situation <laughs> all right so uh see this is the album nerds podcast where we talk about albums andy and i are longtime friends and this is what we've always done we just record it now so welcome <laughs> <laughs> welcome to our conversations now today on the album nerds podcast we have uh two records you picked out that are the both albums that are recorded or have a flavor of a native language of the, uh, the members of the band. Or ancient cultures. Ancient cultures, yes. Exactly. Some history wrapped up in these songs. And they rock. And they both rock, yes. Got two metal records from two fairly um, modern metal bands that we're going to be digging into today. We're talking about Alien Weaponry and their record Tangoria. Tangaroa. Tangora. Forgive our pronunciations. I can already tell we're going to butcher a lot of these. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about a record from the band Nicho Achwin. I'm not even trying there. <laughs> I hope that's close. Uh, Heart of Akamon, which came out back in 2015. Two really interesting records. I think they're both in the same vein. Looking forward to digging into them with you, my friend. Then let's dig. We're starting off today with Alien Weaponry, Tangaroa. I watched, I watched a video um, where they show you, those guys show you how to pronounce it. So I think I got it pretty good. <laughs> oh man, I was looking for one of those for my record. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, this album came out September of 2021. Alien Weaponry is uh, a three-piece from Waipu, New Zealand, Formed in Auckland in 2010 by brothers Henry and Louis DeJong. And uh, they have a new bass player, Toranga Morgan Edmonds, who just joined for this album. And all three of them have their Maori ancestry. And a number of the songs on the album um, are in that language or speak about historical things that happened in New Zealand with the Maori people, who are the native sort of Polynesian tribes. Um, for those that don't know. So why don't we jump in and listen to a little bit of Buried Underground. So that was Buried Underground from Alien Weaponry, album Tangaroa. I dig it, man. I mean, I like their last album, too, quite a bit as well. Young Fellas, one of them's 19, the other two are 21. Did you know that, Andy? I didn't realize they were that young. They've been around for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, they were like, high, Good for like them. middle school, high school age when they started this thing. so. Uh, the two brothers, their father helped 
with the development of their sound and also teaching them about their heritage and all that stuff. Nice. And uh, I think we on the, la- the last time we talked about them on the show, we got into the fact that their their name came from the 2009 sci-fi horror film District 9. Oh, yeah. That's where they got the name Alien Weaponry. It's kind of groove metal, uh, thrash mix. Mm-hmm. And mm. uh, if you like Macedon, Sepultura, Pantera, there are definitely flavors of that here. And, and I thought Buried Underground was a... I've read some that say this is like a radio-friendly filler song, some of the reviews. I like it. A lot of the songs are about the environment, about mm-hmm. the Maori people, and this one is kind of just, yeah, it's more of a straightforward, let's just bang your head kind of a thing. They did a pretty cool online thing during the pandemic where the three members of the band did a video where they're like, okay, we're going to do this move, this kind of stomping walk. And the three of them did it. And they said, okay, all of you out there make videos doing that walk. And then they incorporated all those fans into their, the music video for this. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Some cool stuff. Young people excited about what they're doing. Also trying to take seriously their heritage looking at history and trying to learn from it, which is refreshing. Some hits, some misses. Andy, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think the most interesting part about them is still their their heritage and some of the kind of the mythical and lore and stuff they get into from their ancestry, which is, um, I think, a little bit more skewed towards the beginning of this record. Um, the first, I think, four songs are all in the Maori language, mm-hmm. primarily. I think those are when it works best, even though it's kind of hard to understand what's going on a lot of times. Yeah, um, yeah. But with a little bit of research, you can you can piece it together, I think. Uh, uh, the first album I have on vinyl, and it has translations in the notes. Uh, the new one is on its way, so I don't have it yet, but it should be here shortly, and I'll, I'm hoping for the same. <laughs> yeah. No, it's cool to get that background, because a lot of this stuff is totally foreign to me not growing up in New Zealand. But yeah, so the other songs, I mean, the second half of the record has more of a mix in terms of the kind of more traditional sound like we heard on Buried Underground, which I kind of like that song. I think that works pretty well. But there are a handful of tracks that are more in that traditional kind of metal space. I don't even... I guess it's thrash metal, but... Yeah. I don't know. It just sounds kind of generic on those songs, which aren't bad. It's definitely not bad, but it's not particularly... Uh, interesting to me. Well, like, yeah, I, I, I understand that there are some more of the sort of heartache, typical, don't uh, disrespect me sort of stuff. And these, mm-hmm. you know, these are young men feeling themselves trying to... Yeah, work through some yeah. stuff. Some and I get angst. that. And I'm an old man, so I may it may not grab me the same way it would someone of that age, like music like this did for me when I was that age. Yeah. You know? I kept thinking it sounded like kind of like 90s metal, but maybe that's because I was that age uh-huh. in the 90s and I was looking for that that type of message when I was a teenager, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, songs that like, I, some of my favorites are the blend, like Tangaroa about the mythical character of the sea and fish, you know? Uh, yeah. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's part English, part Maori, and I like that. And I like that there's a message about conservation and treating the oceans respectfully and all that kind of stuff, but it also has the tie to the past. And I I, yeah. I, I think they're at their best when they're kind of blending them. And I've, these songs do feel sometimes like um, 
unforgiving, kind of a slow ballady kind of thing, all in English. Mm-hmm. Like the world is pushing me down and that kind of stuff. The only problem I had with songs like that was I didn't feel like they were fully developed. Like I like personally, I like the the lows and then like just crushing brutality and then bring it back in. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of like Earn, which we spoke yeah. of earlier this year, British heavy metal band. They were really good at at that that balance. So a little bit mm-hmm. more of that personally for me, but all in all, I think this album rocks. I love the band and I. I love the sound in general. One thing I would just add to that. Yes, think here it comes. What you're saying. <laughs> and I agree. So here it comes. <laughs> so I was listening. I listened back to uh, two, uh-huh. their, their debut record that we talked about on the show a few years back. Um, most of the songs on there are more in that three to four minute yes. range, which I think works. Like, I think they're still writing three or four minute songs. They just kind of repeat last two or three minutes again yeah. on, these, on this record for some reason i don't really know why if they were trying to write longer songs and it, it, there's a couple of cases like especially unforgiving i think which is like a seven minute yes song. it's the longest on the album and doesn't need to be for what it contains that's what i meant where i wanted some development yeah. if it's seven minutes i need a lot of variation and some highs and lows tell me a story yeah tell me a story tell um yeah. But yeah, you know, whatever. It's still, I think there's still enough really interesting material on here to make this worth seeking out. Yeah, it's a stomper for sure. Like, it is the kind of thing that'll get your head bobbing and uh, keep you entertained throughout. And, it, and it, it starts strong and closes strong as well with Down the Rabbit Hole. Left me wanting more because it ends very abruptly. It's like, then it dirt, and it's just over. <laughs> right. Bottom line is, Tangaroa rocks. This band is going places. I love their sound and I hope to hear more great stuff from them. I was looking forward to this all year and we may talk about it later this year. I don't know yet. I'm still making my list. But it was really, it's an enjoyable, thrashy metal album if that's what tickles you. So go check it out. Tangaroa by Alien nice. Weaponry. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> cool. Good pick, man. It was really fun digging into some other their history and their mythology of of the uh, New Zealand people. So I think that's really worthwhile. That's kind of what I'm focusing on for my old dog selection as well. But before we get to that, let's have a little, uh, little Q and a time here. Let's get uh, to know you. Get to know each other on a deeper level. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Oh, yeah. Question time. Questions. So, what, Got questions. what is the first metal album, since we're talking about some metal albums today, that you ever listened to, and does it hold up? Yeah, well, you know, I bought the granddaddy. Well, not the granddaddy, but the poster yeah. child, you could say, <laughs> of, of metal records. Last show, <laughs> I kind of won on, on the question. My pick was the cooler the, my first album, and in this case, you're, you're beating me. Wait, is this a competition? I thought we were just like hey, being Anything's a competition. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're men. Right. That's what we do. <laughs> All right, so my, my first metal record was the Black Album, my Metallica. I think I got it in the mid-90s. Uh, I remember I had it on up in my bedroom, in my little Sony you know, boombox mm-hmm. situation set up. And I was 
cranking it and I remember I left my bedroom, went downstairs and I can remember just hearing the bass line from it reverberating throughout the house. My parents were not not too excited about that. But that was really the first record I had that really really shook nice. Shook our house. So yeah, I listened to that a ton. I was very impressed by it. How do you does it hold up? How do you feel about it now? Yeah, you know, I probably enjoy the earlier stuff better, but at the time, that was really impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't listen to it very much, to be honest. Do you listen to the Black Record much? Yeah, I listen to all Nowadays. of them with some frequency. Yeah. I know it, it It influences my opinion a lot on the metal records we listen to nowadays. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm always, I feel like I'm always comparing things back to that record. Mm. Well, yeah, they, they did something special where non-metal heads were into it and it it, really kind of opened the floodgates for people feeling like they could like heavy metal without being in a certain social group because that used to kind of at least as i was coming up and i think we've talked about this before if you liked metal you liked metal you couldn't like anything else for the most part you were a metalhead you were in this group of people and that was it and Mm -hmm. You know, people who liked Metallica, it was like, oh my God, you know, you're, you're scaring me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the, somehow they managed to crack it all open. And Metallica kind of changed their sound a bit where it was a little more accessible and a little less thrashy. Yeah, yeah. They slowed things down a little bit on that record for sure. But yeah, that was my pick, man. So uh, what, uh, what was your uh, first metal record? So I didn't actually own this. This was just the first metal record I ever heard in its entirety. And it was Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil. Okay. My friend's older brother had it on vinyl, of course. That's all anyone had at that point. Well, cassette. But So I listened to it on vinyl. I liked it. I thought it sounded kind of like Kiss, which it does, especially going back and listening. It was just Kiss with a different kind of makeup and outfits. Oh, man. They look like Kiss on the album yeah. cover. Holy shit. <laughs> But by that point, Kiss had kind of become a little more passe, and they had taken their makeup off around about that time. So, yeah, I mean, as, at the time, it was more at my age, it was like dangerous to listen to that kind of stuff. And it had Helter Skelter on it, which I grew up knowing and loving from the White Album, the Beatles. Uh-huh. So I dug it. I probably pretend I liked it more than I did. Because at that time, I was more into breakdancing and that kind of thing, but I wanted to be cool for the older kids. Yes, breakdancing. <laughs> Moving on. That was like, just crazy time. Man. Yeah. So, wait, is this the 80s yes. or is this later 80s. on? 80s. This okay. was like when it was new-ish. Okay. This came out in 83. 83. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was, it was like 84 probably when I heard it. And around the same time, I heard uh, Stay Hungry by Twisted Sister, which... I wish that had been the first one because, oh. Yeah, that seems like that'd be a way better record. (laughs) This is a good record. I listen to it every once in a while. I'm not a huge Motley Crue fan, but that was my very first sit down, listen to a metal album, and try and be cool for the old kids. And uh, yeah, it's cool. So in in terms of holding up, yeah, I think it's probably one of their their best. Yeah, that's definitely saying something. (laughs) Watch it. (laughs) <laughs> so all of y'all out there we're gonna throw this up at album nerds on twitter so why don't you go ahead and answer that question for us what is the first metal album you ever listened to and does it hold up we can't wait to see your answers oh dogs <laughs> all right so for my old dog selection going way back to 2015 whoa this, like, time like, slips in our criteria yeah, here yeah. for an old dog we usually go five years yes 
And this is like September 2015, so six Yeah, this years is more ago. of a middle-aged dog, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, uh, I think it's a pretty good match, though, for the record that you picked out. Talking about Nietzsche Achwin and their record, Heart of Akman. This came out in September 2015. It is a black metal record. Uh, slash, there's some elements of, like, neo-folk in there as well. I would say. Uh, so, Netch Achwin is a duo from West Virginia, Appalachia country. God, I would have thought like uh, Norwegian because <laughs> you know, so many of those kind of bands are Norwegian. Yeah, I know so many, so many good black metal groups are, but they are not. They're from uh, from the U.S. Here, they formed in 2005. This is their sophomore-ish record. So they are comprised of Aaron Carey and Andrew DeCogna. Aaron is an ancestor of the Shawnee tribe, which was prominent in the Pennsylvania area. Yeah, they really he digs into primarily with this band. His purposes is to kind of dig into his ancestral roots and kind of tell the stories of the uh, First Nations people that were you know here before us and kind of widespread in that area. Nichachwin means walks alone is a nickname that Aaron took on when he was a teenager. It does have uh, some ties to his ancestry as well. Akman, I had to look that up, is actually a old um, Native American word meaning wilderness. So this record here is kind of taking a look at the heart of the wilderness. All right. All that kind of background aside, let's dig in and play a cut. Uh, This is Serpent Tradition. This is the opening cut. That was his uh, Serpent Tradition off of Heart of Akaman. Yeah, man, man, I can't believe they have such a great full sound of just being two guys. Pretty impressive. Um, that song there really deals with kind of the arrival of the colonials. Kind of you can, the scene is basically the, uh, the natives on the, the shore watching these ships come in and kind of talking about like this, uh, legend or this myth of, of you know, this and these people who are foretold to arrive and uh, the death and disease that they were going to bring with them. Yep. And, and that was our ancestors. That. So that's great. That was us. Yeah. Woo. Go America. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I love that opening cut, man. I think it's maybe one of the strongest songs on the record. It really highlights a lot of things I love about metal. What did you think, man? What did you think of that song? What did you think of this group? I'm not How do you hurt? I'm not a black metal person in general. Sometimes the vocals can be too much and too hard to understand, but in this case the vocals are easy to understand. Lyrics, things make sense, and the neo folk influences bring it to life much more effectively. It makes it more interesting to listen to instead of just a bunch of black metal stuff for an hour. Mm-hmm bringing in that sort of American tradition, which kind of helps with the story of 
I mean, in many ways, this is the story of America where settlers came in, took what they wanted, which isn't anything new. That's what humankind does by nature. <laughs> Continuously. Yeah. All in all, I enjoyed listening to it. There were times when it's like, felt a little bit like an egg beater in my head. But, you know, that's that's the nature of the music. Yeah, those, those blast beats. Yeah. But I dug it, man, and, and I it did connect well with with the Alien Weaponry album in, in terms of heavy metal being used as a way to talk about this stuff instead of it being country or folk, which are typically the genres you think of for the storytelling about cultures and history mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So, it was very cool. I dug through a lot. I really wanted to find something that was Native American or First Nations, I guess you say mm-hmm. that is. Um that had some of the art history wrapped up into it because I know you brought like the Maori stuff in, which was cool to get that perspective. But man, I was like, man, I've never really, I've heard like traditional Native American music, you know, with like the flutes and the floor, floor toms and uh, stuff like that. You know, the uh, the chanting, which is cool. I did find a few of those records that I thought were pretty interesting, but I wanted something that had more of that metal, like modern edge to it, but still had the elements of the ancestry and the, the history there. And I thought these guys did a really nice job of, of mixing the two. I don't know. Like I, I know a little bit about Native American history from school, but a lot of the things we're talking about on this record, uh, Heart of Akman, weren't things that I really ever heard about. Um, so actually the next cut I want to play here is about one of those stories that I'd never really heard before. Um, it's entitled October 6th, 1813. And takes place like basically the day after the Battle of the Thames, which was a battle during the uh, Revolutionary War in which uh, American forces defeated Tech Mushen, who was a fairly well-known, apparently, uh, Native American leader who took his troops into battle alongside the British, his British allies and uh, was defeated by American forces and killed... And the song is kind of about his, his funeral, uh, where he's getting buried the side of his creek. Really beautiful song. Um, so let's play a little bit of October 6th, Your Baroness, like we talked yeah. about on the show a few times, yeah. especially the vocals there. He's got a really nice uh, sound to his voice there. Aaron is a very accomplished acoustic guitarist as well. So when, the, when they do slow things down and he can really shine on the guitar there, I think it's almost, I don't know which, which of their sounds is, is stronger, but they're both, they're both really good. I would say. Yeah. I tended to lean more into those sounds. The more acoustic sound. Yeah. That's his history. I think he plays like more like classical guitar. Yeah. But anyway, so I think one thing that happens a lot in like this neo folk metal space, like they'll incorporate a lot of like flutes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I hear that a lot or songs will like totally break apart and go into like a very soft, quiet sound. I think what drew me to this record in particular was I didn't really do that. Like, it always had, like, a similar tone to it, even when things are quieter mm-hmm. and softer. 
Um, it didn't feel like it ever took me out of that metal headspace. Right. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I've heard a lot of albums of this similar genre blend, and it is either a folk song or a metal song or a section that is like one minute of totally different, and then the next minute and a half of and it's like okay what, you know yeah and, and right what do you which is it yeah and it feels sometimes shoehorned in for the sake of it and in this case it felt very natural yeah agreed so they did a great job of mixing those two uh there are a handful of instrumental tracks on the record as well which um i think actually work fairly well uh they're very accomplished musicians for being guys i've never really heard of before I don't think they perform much live, which could have something to do with why they're a little bit more uh, underground. But yeah, I really kind of like this record. I've kind of been keeping keeping an eye on them. I think they have something coming out later this year. So I'm gonna keep uh, keep an ear to the ground cool. for that. Um, yeah. So what's your what's your overall takeaway, man? Did you appreciate this, or yeah. was it a little more of a miss for? No, I totally appreciated it. I, uh, only time will tell if I come back to it. Uh, but I did, I did dig it quite a bit, and I listened to it more times than I had to for the show. If that <laughs> means anything, <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, of course that means something. <laughs> All right. So once again, uh, the album is Neck Achwin, Heart of Akaman. Came back out. Came out in 2015. Very cool. All right, people. That's it. So tell us what you think of these records and what you're listening to by emailing us at podcast at albumnerds.com. Please leave us a voicemail, 585-210-2454. Tell us what you're listening to. Tell us what you think about these. We could even feature you on the show with a beautiful recording from that voicemail. So please hit us up. Word up. If you want to do this show us all, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Album Nerds. I will publish a playlist to the songs we just featured on our website. Um, you can also find us on Spotify at Album Nerds. Yeah, you certainly can. Support the show with a PayPal donation, albumnerds.com slash support. With that in mind, we'll be back next time in one week with more album recommendations. Thanks for listening. Right up. See you.